Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Inside the Hexagon. I am your host, as always, Phil Landides, and I want to thank you for taking the time to join us for today's show. On the episode this week, we are talking with former UFC Strike Force Dream Elite XC fighter KJ Noons, man that is probably most well known within MMA circles for fighting Nick Diaz twice. Beat him the first time for the Elite XC 160 pound belt, and then they ended up having a rematch in Strike Force, which I believe was named Fight of the Year, but an incredible bout either way. Two really good bouts between two excellent fighters. KJ was also a very strong boxer and kickboxer. In fact, at one point, he was competing in all three sports of, of MMA, kickboxing, and pro boxing. So just a really, really special athlete. On the show today, we're actually talking about uh, his fight with Connor Hune at Strike Force Los Angeles. That is what we covered as we uh, published this episode. That's what our most recent episode was about. But today we're going to be talking about a little bit about that fight with Connor. He talks about how Connor has left a lasting <laughs> uh, memory on his body, uh, which we'll get into. We again talk about the Nick Diaz fights. Also, apparently, this is KJ's first interview since he stopped fighting in 2016. He will not say he's retired. But but since his last fight in 2016, this is the first time that he's spoken on the record. So I'm honored to be able to have that conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to it. On the line with us, we have UFC Strikeforce Dream Vet, as well as former Elite XC lightweight champion, KJ Noons. KJ, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Bill? Man, it's great. I'm doing well. Well, let's jump right in. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I, uh, I spent last night and this morning going through several of your fights and man, you, no matter what, no matter what, I mean, I remember obviously seeing you compete in years back, but rewatching some of your fights, man, I, you always went for it. it never, nobody could ever accuse you of being a, a boring fighter. So uh, I, again, appreciate you taking the time to kind of walk back through uh, some of these major moments, but starting at the beginning, you know, raised in Hawaii, you started training, competing in martial arts at a, a very young age, continued to learn various disciplines, major pro kickboxing debut in 2000. Uh, ironically, you fought for Scott Coker on a strike force kickboxing card in 2002. You know, little did you know that just a few years later, you'd be fighting for him in, in yeah. MMA, but, and then yeah. just a couple of weeks after that strike force bout, you made your MMA debut, then you made your pro pro boxing debut in 2004. So obviously very busy in combat sports uh, out of the three. Uh, I mean, you spent the, the uh, majority of your time in MMA, but you also had a pretty solid run in, in pro boxing. Um, did you have a preference out, out of those three, as far as which one you felt you were best suited for? Um, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed boxing, you know, growing up as a kid. Um, I was always, <clears throat> I was boxing amateurs and that's kind of what I grew up doing as well as kickboxing and karate, but I, I really enjoyed boxing, and I tried to go for the Olympics, and uh, I think I made the semifinals, and I never, you know, I, that was kind of like my first love, and I just kind of more or less, I feel like I kind of got into MMA. That was, it was just kind of more, I guess, I'm seeing you say by accident, really. Okay. Um, and then I, I just, that started paying the bills, and I, I enjoyed it as well, but yeah, I really want to do boxing, but boxing, it's a tough game, you know, I, it's all tough, but I really wanted to be, I, I, I think boxing was more my first love and then, you know, it just paid better. And I was, I guess a little bit better in MMA uh, than boxing and, um, you know, continue MMA. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely got higher profile. <laughs> you definitely got higher profile fights in MMA, you know, versus boxing. So, yes. you know, that, that I think it, when we look back through history, I mean, you're going to be 
remembered more for MMA than you are for boxing, despite your, your better reddick, better record in both boxing and kickboxing than in MMA, but you know, higher profile, definitely. So, um, all right, well, you I agree, but that's, that's the thing that's, that's, that's the thing that's different about like boxing and why you can't really, which is super attractive to for MMA. It's like, you know, I think, I, I don't know if I'm 12, 13 or 14 and two in boxing. And 12, once 12 you lose that first fight, yeah, once you lose that first fight, boxing, that's like a pretty big black guy where, you know, in MMA, you could have a losing record and like, you're the best. Like nobody gives, <laughs> right. nobody really gives a shit, you know what right. I mean? Right. So that, that's, I wish boxing was different like that. And, and you kind of see in the fights, like they're not really putting on fights that people want to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which yeah. is probably why it's taking kind of a dive over the past, you know, how many years, which sucks. I love boxing. But anyways, yeah. yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, I'll definitely be remembered for uh, MMA over boxing, but that was more, that was more my first love was the boxing growing up. Well, being that you're, I mean, it sounds like more of a purist when it comes to boxing. I, I assume that you're not a big fan of uh, the Floyd Mayweather, you know, Logan Paul, you know, Tyron Woodley, like all the, I can't, I don't know which one is which, but get, I'm guessing you're not a big fan of yeah. these kind of like sideshow circus type fights. Yeah. It's a shame, but because <clears throat> in boxing, yeah, you're going to get paid a lot more money. But then you don't have that that kind of like an organization, you know, where it's organized and you know what I mean on the UFC side where they've built, you know, they've built pretty much like a league, right? Like a business, yep. you know, like um, like a football team, I guess I can compare it to. Whereas, you know, imagine if football is like that. We all just kind of made our own games and you know what I mean, we only watched one and what you pay per view, like you could do it, just be a be like a circus kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, UFC's done a really good job of of, of making it, even though you know, they'll take less money uh, to the fighters, but boxing is just so unorganized. You know, I'm not a big fan of it. uh, Yeah. YouTube. No, I I mean, I enjoy boxing, but honestly, part of what has held me back over the years um, is exactly what you're talking about. It's just the the lack of organization. I mean, it's like, wait, well, WBA, WBA, IBF, like what, what's like, what's the main one? Like, give me one, maybe two or three where it's like, all right, I know UFC is the main, one while Bellator is obviously a strong, you know, competitor and contender and, you know, all that, like, it, it's just hard to keep track. It's hard to, all right. So who really is the champ? Who really is the best? And, and you, know, when you get past two or three and then, I mean, never mind. Like, yeah, I think there's like four. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember how many that was like years ago. There's like top four. I don't know how many there's now. Yeah. I think there's like the ring one too. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. Never mind all the like NABF and NABO, <laughs> all these like smaller, sanctioning bodies it's just ridiculous and i think it, it's makes and then all the the weight classes super featherweight junior featherweight featherweight like it's just it's too much so i hope i mean i don't think mma is going to ever go that direction because obviously it's not a good business model but yeah so all right well let, let's get back to your your career i, I interviewed bang ludwig uh, a few months back actually man quite a while back now but um, we, we talked about, you know, you guys have some similarities in that, you know, fought lighter weight classes. And then I, I know that he did kickboxing and MMA, and I think he did some pro boxing too. So I asked him this, I wanted to ask you the same thing. Do you feel like competing in all three at the same time helped you in MMA? Or do you think that maybe it took away from your focus on, you know, training the ground or, or anything like that? But do you think it helped you or hurt you looking back now training and competing in all three at the same time? I think it helped me only because I think more back then it was more you came from one style and trying to adapt the other one. So I kind of had I kind of had more of a foot in all of them, you know. Like when it first started, 
MMA, you just had one discipline, right? So I was kind of a little bit after I kind of had, you know, multiple disciplines. Now it's now today it's just all kind of one, right? So I, I felt does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I felt like I, I felt like it helped me out. Um, you know, in towards MMA. It was definitely hard to try to do all three or split all three, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean individually. I, I think I think Bang said, if I remember correctly, I think Bang said that looking back now, he wishes that he had focused on one versus trying to do all three because it's just there's different nuances to all of them. And then, you know, some things yeah. are legal in some sports that are not legal in others. So, yeah, I was just interested, you know, to see kind of your thoughts on that. But I, I do want to focus on your your MMA career during this. So you started things off five and two record. All of your wins coming by way of finish. This earns you a shot at the Elite XC lightweight title in a bout against Nick Diaz and you end up winning in, in somewhat controversial fashion fashion. Uh, you, you're definitely dominating winning the, the match. You stuffed every takedown except, except for one, um, which you got back up quickly, although he did land another one, but it was technically after the bell. But I mean, you were, you cut up his face with strikes. You, you could see you were gaining confidence. Uh, looking back on that fight, that first one with Diaz, you know, once you saw those cuts in the blood, did you think you had him? How were you feeling about that? Did you think they were going to stop it because of the cuts? Like, what are your memories there? Um, I thought I, I traded too well for the fight. It was a, I thought it was a great fight. And um, yeah, I thought I was super confident landing every shot. It was, it was a good win for me. And you got that belt. It was a good man. win. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was a good notch. You know, it was, um, and he's a great opponent. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of MMA and I'm a fan of his today to still watch him fight. He's a great fighter. You know what I mean? And, um, that was a, uh, that was a great win. So, yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk more about Diaz. I, I, it's, he's one of the guys that you just, I don't think you can talk about KJ Noons, career in MMA without, you know, talking about Nick Diaz. I mean, that's the rivalry that yeah. really stands out. And, you know, after you, you yeah. defend your title, you beat Eve Edwards, <laughs> Diaz confronts you in the cage and it's, I wouldn't call it a brawl because it didn't look like there was really punches thrown, but you got this, you know, in cage scrum, it really turns this into a real feud. Almost, it, I mean, really, it looked like an old school <laughs> wrestling angle. To be quite honest with you, I mean, you're you're in your home state, and you know, the villain. The isn't, isn't it funny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean, funny hey, looking back at now, but like that was that was all real back then. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it looks like an old school pro wrestling angle, but I mean, it was <laughs> it was legit. You got the Diaz brothers you know, throw, throwing up middle fingers to everybody and, you know, and you're the hero and all that stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll I want to get, we'll get back to Diaz in, in a little bit, but you signed with strike force towards the end of 2009. And actually technically you made your debut for the promotion uh, when you represented strike force in a bout in the dream promotion over in Japan, you get a unanimous decision victory there uh, in March of 2010. Then you're supposed to rematch, Crazy Horse Bennett, who you had uh, you'd fought previously in the Elite XC, you were going to fight on the Fedor versus Verdun card for Strike Force, but you end up uh, getting moved because he pulls out, and you go to Strike Force's Los Angeles event ten days earlier, and you take on Connor Hewn. Uh, going into that fight, and that's it, where we're at in the chronolo- chronology of this uh, Strike Force podcast. Um, as we basically, as this if this interview gets published, we will have just talked about that LA event. So that's why I wanted to, to talk to you and, and then, you know, talk a little bit about that fight. You get the split decision win um, over Hune. Anything about that fight that stands out in your mind? It was a, obviously anything is a split decision is usually going to be a pretty close fight. Was there anything that really stood out in your mind? It stands out in your mind now about that fight. Yeah. A rib, a rib sticks out of my body. The rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> 
two inch rib sticking down because he cracked it out. I don't know what he did, but I got this bone sticking out of my body. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's been so long. Um, he's got his legs around me. <laughs> What's that called? <laughs> Sorry. No, I've been I hit head so many times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he caught you. Is it, a, uh, is it a figure four? You know, you know, your, you know your legs are wrapped around. He's got my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he had, yeah, yeah. He had the, he had the figure four around you. And that's, man, I've seen, there was a fight with, uh, uh, um, Oh God, I, I can't, it was a UFC fight with a couple guys yeah. and, uh, he got the, the figure four around him and actually hurt his back so bad he tapped out. So I know it's an extremely, extremely painful move to be in. Yes. He put me in. And it, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it broke my rib. I heard it crack, and then my rib sticks out to this day. So it doesn't stick out. Yeah, my rib sticks out. <laughs> so you um, think of, you think about Connor Hewn really pretty much every time you see yourself without your shirt on. Well, I can't really surf anymore because my bone hits the board. So that's thanks, Connor. That that's gone. <laughs> oh, um, oh, <laughs> well, it looks like I have an app if I don't have apps. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's a pretty much a six out that's the only that sticks out my yeah. body from that fight but yeah it was close i mean i mean it always happens you know i kind of underestimate a guy and they I, whoever i underestimate comes out swinging through the fences so it's pretty much it's just that's just how things happen for me all the time well you <laughs> don't I underestimate mean, anything <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's the first. That's the first way you get yourself in trouble for sure. Um, well, you, you get that split decision nod, and then you you take on George Gurgel in a what ended up being a very controversial bout. Uh, at the end of the first round, you know, very entertaining back and forth battle. You land a like just I mean flush left hook, and uh, and put him down, and he is just on you know he he's on spaghetti legs, but it came a second or two after the bell and. Uh, Frank Shamrock on commentary says, well, he was still in the flow and Mauro Ronaldo agrees with that. But I mean, obviously anytime a, a fighter hits another fighter after a bell, regardless of the intent, you know, it's not a good look, but Gurgel looked like he, he looked fine at the beginning of the second round. Uh, but that changed very quickly. You, you land a couple shots that drop him. You look at the ref, you're waiting for the stoppage. He doesn't step in. And then you unleash what looks like a knee while Gurgel is down, uh, the replay showed it didn't look like the knee actually landed, but it's still an illegal move. And, you know, of course, things happen in the heat of the moment. The ref was late stopping it, um, but he does jump in just kind of as that's happening. So looking back now, I mean, you got the win and I mean, you were dominating. So it seems like you should have won and, and he was already done before the knee, but still the knee kind of looking back now. What are your feelings on the fight? Do you feel like you feel like you did wrong. You feel like it was just heat of the moment. You didn't do wrong. What are, you, what are your thoughts on what happened there? So I was surprised he came out for the second round. And it, it was in the, I guess, you know, in the, you know, as you're fighting kind of, it's hard because the punch is in motion. Um, but then I hit on the second round, I hit him. I mean, I hit him pretty clean. And then when he dropped to the ground, I was pretty surprised the ref didn't stop it right there. That's why yeah. I kind of. You know, looked up at him like, really? You're not going to stop this? And then so in the heat of the moment again, a few punches, and then the knee was thrown. Thank God it didn't hit him. It wasn't – it was not intentional. Um, I think it was probably just reaction. Um, I would never – I mean, a lot of times you're just reacting. Um, I would never try to you know, do a dirty move like that. Um, but I did throw it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> try to knock him out. But thank God it didn't hit him. Uh, but it was never uh, intended to be dirty. More or less, yeah. probably just reacting, you know. 
Yeah. And then he had the moment trying to, trying to finish him. Well, it, it was yeah. an, ex- it was an extremely entertaining bout and you know, I guess you, you they would match you up with guys that would cut easily <laughs> like with Grigel and, uh, and, and Diaz, but uh, you know, Grigel was always, I mean, he was a BJJ master, but always wanted to brawl for whatever reason, which I think hurt him in his career, but definitely made it an entertaining, t- uh, you know, fight for the fans. And, uh, but you get the win and this brings you back to Nick Diaz. Uh, now, apparently around this time, you and your father, I-, I guess, had a confrontation with the Diaz brothers, which further cemented the feud. Do you, do you remember that? Do you remember what, what the details were with that? I mean, first of all, I want to say, like, I have, I have mad respect for the Diaz brothers. And, you know, like I said, I'm a fan. and There's no bad blood as of right now. Back then, it was pretty, you know, people love controversy. And, yeah, it was it was real. And, uh, you know, after that Hawaii thing, like, we kept running into each other. And we just said, let's just enjoy our vacation in Hawaii. You know, like, just trying to stop the, the wanting always to fight, you know, each other every time we see each other. So <laughs> right, right. Um, that was nice. That was nice to relax. Um for a second and then yeah we had the we had the second fight right so yep um, yeah the three match another another title another weight um i thought it was another great fight i thought i won that fight too to go either way when it goes to the to the judges yeah well let's so i want to i do want to talk about that fight and then um we're gonna we're gonna sure. uh, we got a couple more questions sure. after that and then we'll we'll wrap things up and then um, we'd love to have Jan, yeah. you know, again, sometime in the future to talk about more of your strike force run, but do have to talk about the, the Diaz, the second fight. So, which I literally was wrapping up as we were prepping to get on, uh, for this. So I just watched it, literally just watched it. And, um, you know, yeah, someone told me someone told me got fight of the year. And yeah, it did in strike force. That is that. It, yes. It won strike force oh, okay. fight, fight of the year. Yeah. I'm not, it may have won other fight of the year rewards as well, but I just happened to catch it that it did win the strike force fight of the year. So, I mean, it was, it was a great fight. You mentioned moving up in weight. So now you're fighting at welterweight at 170 where now ironically you beat Diaz and won the, you know, the 160 pound title. Now he's the 170 pound champion and strike force of the tables have, have kind of turned. So for, first question on that, how did you feel about moving up in weight? I mean, it, it, was that something you were up for? Did you cut a lot of weight to make 55 or 60 or, or, you know, did you feel like you were losing any speed? What, what were your thoughts on that? No, I, I feel great. I think, um, I think a lot of times we, as fighters, we almost just cut too much weight. I just kind of wish you would just fight at whatever way you walk around. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But that's that's not how it works. I mean, I don't. I wish there was something to show, like how much of an advantage really works for you to cut twenty pounds off. Yeah. You know, if everybody if everybody's cutting twenty, like why not just go what we usually weigh? And then we would be the same weight, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, is that's how I feel? I mean, really, like why do I have to cut twenty pounds? You're cutting twenty pounds. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> we do it. But, you know, so um, I felt fine. I just felt like normal, you know? Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. As long as you felt comfortable going in. And I 100% agree with you. I, I, I get it. Um, I, you know, I'm not a fighter. I've never, you know, never trained long-term and never had, never had to cut weight, but um, yeah, I, I, with all the, you know, you see people passing out on the scale and, you know, like, really- I, mean, I mean, one time I was at, I was in, I don't know, Vegas, I don't know who I was fighting, but I got off the scale and I like collapsed in the back and my buddy had to get me and put me in a wheelchair to go to the room to get an IV. It's like, that can't be, you know, that yeah. was like the norm. You know, that's like the norm. It can't be that healthy. No, no, no. There's I no think way. The, I, think, I, I think I've had stitches in my face and you know, broken bones. And, and I think 
all that. I think the, the weight cuts worse than the surgeries and all the uh, punches and the stitch and the scars. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Terrible. I, I, I've, Plus, you know, I'm kind of a fat kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, I mean, I don't know that anybody likes cutting weight, but there's certain guys. It's just like they lock in and it's just not a big deal. Uh, just the way you're talking. I don't think it's something that you, you know, <laughs> look forward to enjoy it in any way, shape. I, or I hate, I hate it. Yeah. I'm never going to die again in my life. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. All right. Well, dur- during the, you know, speaking of broken bones during the fight, you know, Diaz breaks your jaw in the first round. You break your hand in the second round. Yet you you have your mother. No, no broken jaw. Oh, you did not break your jaw. Okay, so that's that's falsely reported. No, I, I, false. I was just that I had I had to get X-rays after, and I had nothing wrong with my jaw. And the guy goes, "There's a line in your jaw. It's broke." I'm like, okay, <laughs> you oh. know, but I'm talking fine. I it wasn't even swollen. I'm like, whatever. Okay. All right. Well, misdiagnosed. So it was it was probably a, yeah it was probably a line in, in the, the X-ray, but I'm like I don't my jaw feels fine. He's like it's broke. Like, All right. Well, my hands definitely broke. It's like yeah, that's definitely broke too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, despite whatever happened there, despite the injuries, you, you had your moment, you cut Diaz with a punch in the second round. I mean, it was a war. You, you, you both last through all five rounds. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like if you guys had kept fighting, um, who knows what would have happened. I, I feel like you guys could match up 10 times and probably go five and five against each other. You just seem to be so well matched up, but I mean, just an absolute war. Like I said, uh, you said earlier you thought it was a you know good fight. It absolutely was. You did you know to you two did show respect to each other. Afterwards, you embraced. Um, and and you know Nick said something. I'm curious, do you, do you happen to remember what Nick said to you as you two were embracing in the cage afterwards? I broke my hand in the first round. Uh, my left hand, which I had to reconnect my finger back to my hand. Oh, um, so I definitely broke that. But um. Um, you know, you know, it's just, it's just a mutual respect, man. When, you know, you know, someone will go in there and whatever your difference, whatever differences you have, you actually oddly have a lot of similarities. It may seem, you know, how you are possibly the way you grew up, who you hang around with, even though those differences might look different on screen, there's a lot of similarities, but when you go in there and you play with someone and you put your heart on the table and you know, I'm saying you got to have respect for anybody, no matter you have differences with that person. So, so it was all good afterwards, basically. Yeah. I mean, all good. All right. Well, it, you, you said afterwards that, you know, Hey, he won, he beat me fair and square. He's the better man tonight. Uh, Mara Ranallo was really pushing a, you know, a trilogy fight, which, un- you know, unfortunately never, uh, it never happened. I, w- I would have liked to seen the two of you lock it up one more time. Um, but that was it. You end up, um, you know, a few more strike force fights, you end up, ending your career in uh, 2016 on a, a run in the UFC. Uh, so I, I want to ask about your career and just, just looking back on your career in just a second, but uh, you know, you retire at the, the age of 33. What are you, what are you up to today? Um, anything you'd like to mention or promote, you know, connect with fans on social media, kind of give us what's, what's going on with KJ Nunes in, in 2021. Yeah. I mean, actually I never retired. <laughs> I okay. Just, I just okay. stopped calling. I, I just, I just, I, so what I did was I went, I just say you know what I'm gonna put this either I'm gonna just put this on the and I, I I'm, pre- I'm not saying I'm retired just hey man this is I had kids I got you know I got married and I, I did the things on the table and I went back to school and um, I was trying to become a fireman came reserve got in uh, San Diego El Cajon and then I got hired in 2018 
um, LA County Fire Department. So I've been there and I love my job and helping people out and just getting off work right now. So uh, three day, had a couple of fires, helping people out. I just love my job. It's a, it's a great, uh, great fit for me. So. All right. And you're not getting punched in the face. Yeah. No more broken bones, at least from punches. Yeah, I'm getting paid. Uh, I'm getting paid not not to get punched in the face, which is great. And uh, no, the uh, fight community and and being a fighter, pretty you know, my whole life is great. I'm still a fan. I love watching, and it was a it was a great time. You know, what I mean, I learned a lot. You know, you can always look back and say, hey, "Man, I would done this different or that different," but it's done. That's it. Right. <laughs> you know, it was a good run. So I'm not going to accept that. All right. I, I mean, you know, you, you, you accomplish a lot in your career this, and this will be the, the final question, but you know, accomplish a lot record of 11, two in boxing, 12 and two in pro kickboxing. You beat Eve Edwards and Nick Diaz and MMA had some really high profile fights. You win the elite XC belt, uh, all that, you know, you leave, like I said, you, you say you retired, but you had your last professional fight at, at the young age of 33. <laughs> We'll just put it that way. Yeah. God, you guys are all the yeah. same. Nobody can say they're retired because they're, they're like, if that phone rings with the right offer, uh, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, uh, Dana White saying that that uh, Diaz is going to fight in in you know this year, and so hey, you know, Dana calls up and says, hey, I want to do that trilogy, and, and makes the right offer. We may see. Uh, a, a fatter version of KJ Nunes back in the back in the cage. One one. Everybody, everybody's got a, everybody's got a price, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, for the million dollar man, absolutely. Uh, well, again, you know, I but I, I do want to mention you stopped fighting at thirty three. It, it seems like a young age, but when you realize that you've been training since you were five years old, you know that's that's a lot of miles on your body. You know, like you said, surgeries, broken bones all that stuff, but you sound like you're at peace. I mean, looking back at your combat sports career overall, it, I mean, is there any, man, I wish I'd gotten that trilogy fight, man. I wish I'd gotten the strike force belt or had a better run in the UFC. I mean, do you look, how do you look back at your overall, you know, just stuck with boxing and fought your way up and maybe won some belts there? Like what, what, what do you, anything that you regret or just, Hey, it's all good. I'm glad I had the experience and we're on to, you know, bigger and better things in life. Um, man, my grandpa told me a long, long time ago, Long time when I was a kid. Well, one of the things I remember before he passed away was, man, you can never say what if. What if this? What if that? Man, it is what it is. I'm happy with it. Um, I definitely had a lot of kind of. Uh, I had a lot of amateur fights, man, growing up in boxing and kickboxing. I mean, a ton. Way probably more than a lot. I mean, a lot, lot. I had, you know, I had some stuff going on, which I'm glad I really cut back and hit in the head. No joke. I feel a lot better now, more clear-minded. Still to this day, do a lot of arthritis, a lot of other stuff. But um, you know, that's what comes with the territory. You know what I mean? And if something that, that's 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 part of it. So um, I, I'm kind of glad I stopped at that age because I feel like I feel like it's fight today. I feel like I can fight for another ten years. No shit. I feel healthy. I'm in shape. I I, I work all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a fireman too. So I mean, I'm, that's what we do, right? The job is very physical. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. I'm not gonna say what if. What if I do this? What if I, what if I did that in fight career? I'm happy with it. I had a great time, and um, I got my respect for the guys that are still in it. It's, it's it was a lot of fun. But well, it's I mean you can't you know can't can't argue with that. It makes a lot a lot of sense, and uh, sounds like your grandfather was a wise man. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Well, uh, KJ, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. I really enjoyed this and, and kind of diving into your career. And, and so, yeah, I appreciate you being on Inside the Hexagon. 
Uh, thanks for having me on. I don't think I've done an interview since I'm, I'll be 39. I don't think I've done one since I stopped at like 33. I just kind of said, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to just pick something else to stick to until I, until I get where I want to be. So uh, I appreciate the uh, the call. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to, I, I'm sure it's great to be able to look back on your career and have some space in between, again, not your retirement, for, but your last fight <laughs> and today and get some kind it's of- pretty, yeah. Get some clarity on it. So, yeah, well, I, hey. I'm sure, yeah, a lot of people did, didn't know. A lot of people still don't know. They don't know what, you know, I just, KJ just disappeared off the face of the earth, which I did. And now I'm back in a really good place with my family, my kids, and uh, my job. So, awesome. All right, I want to thank my very special guest, KJ Noons, for taking the time to join us on this week's episode of Inside the Hexagon. It was great connecting with him. I have not spoken with him before, and I enjoyed having a chat with him, talking about his career, talking about the Diaz fights, talking about that rib that's apparently still sticking out, talking about weight cutting and and just you know how he's not a fan of it, and I don't know any fighters that are. So it was really cool to, to chat with him and, and go back over his career, and hopefully we'll have him on again in the future. Hopefully you will be checking out our next episode as well. We will be covering Strike Force Fedor versus Verdun, the show that will likely cause me and Josh to shed tears <laughs> on the air as we were both there in person and both had our hearts broken MMA style at the same time. So this is going to be a very exciting card on the main card. It's four fights and they're all four finishes. Uh, Josh Thompson's on there against Pat Healy. Uh, Scott Smith gets a rematch, or I guess Kung Lee gets a rematch against Scott Smith after Hands of Steel beat him the first time. And on this fight, Kung gets his revenge. So we talk about that. Chris Cyborg defends her women's featherweight title against Jan Finney. Gets a decisive finish there. And then, of course, in the main event, it is the heavyweight GOAT, Fedor Emelianenko, taking on Fade, uh, I'm sorry, taking on uh, Fabricio Ferdun. You know, Fedor versus Fabricio gets a little gets a little mixed up on the F sometimes. So anyways, but it's a great, great card. I'm really looking forward to covering it with Josh, and I hope that you're looking forward to it as well. After that, we've got a, a fighter interview that we're working on getting lined up, so no one to talk about yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one as it always is. I hope that you are checking us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at the Hexagon Pod, and you can reach me at Phil at InsideTheHexagon.com. And please, if you have not already, please rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to find the show. But we would really appreciate that. If you want to get involved with the show, whether it's social media, writing, anything, editing, anything like that, if you are a passionate MMA fan, and especially if you enjoyed Strike Force, I would love to hear from you. Again, you can reach me at fill it inside the hexagon.com. But help us spread the word, get involved. And once again, we appreciate all the support. But with that, we're going to go ahead and ride off into the sunset. Hope that you stay safe and you stay healthy. And we will see you soon. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us.
Munching in the Fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at hitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.